0: Hey gang, this is Eric. Good to be with you again today for our Tuesday morning devotion on Christ Hold Fast's page. We're in the uh, book of 2 Corinthians and we're looking at chapter 5 verses 11 through 21 today. One of my absolute favorite passages in all of scripture. Uh, There's so much here to unpack. There's so many uh, good words for us here um it's been a busy week today, in case you didn't know, is the release of the Academy course that Dan Price and I made together on the Gospel of Luke, and so you can access the first lesson. Uh today it is available. Uh and the the, the folks who put that together, Doug Clumbera and, and Grant and Autumn Keith and others, it just it looks phenomenal. So uh, and they've done a really good job of making it easy to understand. They've actually made Dan and I somewhat understandable, which can be a, a hard chore. So uh, so many thanks to them. If you uh, haven't signed up for that, you can sign up for that now. Just go to the 1517 page and, uh, and look up the Academy course. Um, okay, I won't do any more housekeeping. There's tons of stuff that I could announce and talk about today, but you know, let's just dig into the word. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 11 through 21, it reads like this. Therefore, Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are known, what we are, is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. End of reading. Well, uh, good morning, Bonnie, and let's see, is there somebody else here I didn't see? Uh, Judy, Whitney, welcome, everybody. Uh, Good to have you here with me. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this. Uh, The Bible says that the only way we can become the people that we need to be is if the true God ruler over all eternity is reconciled to us we must be reconciled to our Creator now the word reconciled basically I mean means a, a restored relationship or restored friendship second Corinthians five eighteen declares that that is in fact exactly what God has done it says again all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself That is, he exchanges the bad relationship he and us members of his creation have had since sin's been in the world and gives us a good relationship. So how does that reconciliation take place? Well, it it, at least gets communicated to us and to the world from the very beginning by his ambassadors. That's the word that Paul uses here. Now that word ambassador, of course, is still used today by government officials where i minister for most of my week in new york city uh just a couple weeks ago the un was in town uh the place was absolutely filled with ambassadors there's embassies all around the un where uh, various ambassadors live it's a it's actually a terrible week in the city when the un is in session terrible you cannot get around anywhere the traffic's terrible but that's a discussion for another time. Anyhow that's the idea. we're familiar with the uh, with the term we're familiar with what an ambassador does. but there's a lot of skill to being an ambassador. Um, I mean for starters you have to know the language you have to know the customs you have to know the values of the culture you're speaking to. Uh, you need to be conscious of how you communicate the message that you're bringing in order to be heard by those that you need to be in communication with. Usually ambassadors need to live amongst the people they hope to reach if they would be an effective ambassador in the political world. And I would say that the same picture goes for us as Christ's ambassadors of his reconciliation. So all that by way of introduction, let's talk about what Paul says here. Uh, First, he brings up the methods of reconciling ambassadors or the method of ambassadorship as Christians. First of all, he points out in verse 11 that it involves persuasion therefore knowing the fear of the lord we persuade others um now what does persuasion mean well it means to seek to win someone over how might that be done well there's a number of ways in scripture that were shown that it's done or can be done of course you have first peter three fifteen, which uh, tells us to be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have within us in other words Uh, to give a defense it's known as apologetics apologetics is one means by which god may persuade others around us to consider this message of reconciliation Uh, another possible means of persuasion could be explanation and what i mean here is that sometimes people just have a wrong idea about the god that about our God, about the Christian God. As a matter of fact, I think this is the majority of the time, at least where I minister in the Northeast. Um, Tim Keller it, it has said many times in conversations with those that reject the faith, quote, tell me about the God you don't believe in, chances are I don't believe in that God either and i have found over and over and over again in my conversations with non-christians and skeptics in new york city when you ask them to tell you what it is about christianity they're actually rejecting usually it's you know robert jeffers down in dallas or some nonsense like that you know it's 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 politics it's it's some it's a bunch of other stuff that's not actually jesus which shows that we've actually failed in proclaiming what we're meant to proclaim, folks. I mean, uh, us preachers deserve uh, a good lashing uh, for the ways that we have gotten off message way too often. And, uh, but that's a separate issue. So, so I just need to explain, like, hey, what you think we believe, what you think Christianity is, is not actually Christianity. Uh, then another way is demonstration. Um, remember 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2 uh, it says, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, so uh, Paul is in this chapter in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2 uh, goes on to say, I didn't try to persuade you with uh, plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that's the the means or the the ways that we seek to persuade others, apologetics, explanation, demonstration, all those means that God uses. Okay, Uh, another thing that Paul mentions in being a a reconciling ambassador is really, I think, living a life that is, to some extent, well, living a life of integrity around the people that you are ambassadors to living a life of integrity Uh, he says in verse 11 but what we are is known to god and i hope it is known also to your conscience we are not commending ourselves to you again but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart now if you remember in 2nd corinthians one of the things that paul is dealing with is Uh, these super apostles that are attacking Paul's integrity, and they're saying that he's harsh when he writes letters to them, but then when he gets around them, he's, you know, kind of a softy, and he backs away. He's not a person full of integrity. Paul says, on the contrary, uh, he says, no, 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 what I am is known to God, and it's known to you. You know the real me, and you know the real me because I've never tried to hide who I am. Now, here's what this means, because I think sometimes integrity is interpreted to mean um, that we sort of, you know, live lives of perfection or live lives of sinlessness. And that is not what it means to live with integrity, because no one actually lives that way besides Jesus our Lord. So it's not, it's not living as if we don't sin. As a matter of fact, having integrity is having the ability to admit when we do sin and having the ability to praise God when we have a good, good day and having the ability to lament to God when it's a tough day. It's just being a real human being. It's not faking it. And I think sometimes there is a tendency to think, oh no, if somebody finds out that I struggle with this, I'll quote, ruin my witness. Dude, uh, ruining your witness can be used to bludgeon Christians to death and basically make a bunch of fake people. That's not helpful. And people can see right through it too. People can see right through the fake. I mean, they just can. And so it doesn't help us if we're, I mean, Paul says none no, and no, I live with integrity. Be honest, be real. Uh, and then the third third word that's used, so you first have persuading. Then you have integrity as means by which the ambassador gets the message out. And then the last thing that I just, or last word here before we move on is imploring in verse 20. Uh, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Now, some translations may have the word pleading there. That's fine. That's appropriate. Um, here's the deal. When it comes to sinners receiving the grace of God in Jesus Christ, ambassadors aren't too, prou- aren't too proud to beg. I've heard some people say, uh, you know, God commands everyone to repent. God is not going to beg you. God is not desperate like that. And uh, And I get what they're saying. I understand what they're trying to emphasize. But folks we implore we beg people and it's okay we beg people please be reconciled to God that's not giving God less dignity that's not making God less powerful I know the, the concern is that like we're gonna make God seem weak well you know what he made himself seem weak when he went to the cross in order to die for sinners that's what he does. God wins by being weak, folks. Get it? This is this is the story. God's victory comes through death and suffering and weakness. And he did not choose to save the world by his sovereign power. He chose to save the world by becoming a baby, being subject to all the things that human beings are subject to, even subject to death on a cross. This is why God exalts him to his right hand and by every knee will bow before him. So, don't worry. God's powerful, we don't have to worry by emphasizing great Christ's that God is, hey, let's beg people. Let's be, let's go after them. It's okay. Alright, let's look at the motivation of the ambassador. The motivation of the ambassador. First, Paul mentions in verse 11, the fear of the Lord. An ambassador's job is to bring as much honor to the Lord as possible. That's, in in truth, that's the way it works. In politics, that's the way it works. Um, <clears throat> that's the way it works. You know, it, it, you're, you're supposed to laud the person who sent you. And so Paul just acknowledges that. Like, I wanna honor God. The fear of the Lord is a motivator. Secondly, the love of Christ is a motivator. That is, the love that Christ possesses for him is what is working through Paul. You can find that in verse 14 love always inspires acts of gratitude and of course the bible confesses elsewhere that it is love for christ that guides the ambassador as well but it's not mere love for christ first it's god loved us so that in turn we love others and that leads to the third motive for paul's ambassadorship here you can find it really in the whole package of verse 13 through 15 and that is love for people he says if we're beside ourselves it is for god and if we're in our right mind it is for you for the love of christ controls us because we have concluded this that one has died for all therefore all have died he he wants he sees everybody through the lens of what jesus has done for them and says all of them could be brought to repentance all of them god has died for so i better look at them as somebody worthy of the very divine Son of God bleeding and suffering for because that's how much he found them to be worth, that he give his own life for them. It's a whole different way of looking at people instead of seeing people as righteous enough, good enough, friend or foe, family or not family. Instead, Paul is saying, no, 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 you will be shaped in love for people as you see them as just another fellow sinner whom Christ died for. And that is true, folks. That is true. Oh, 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 how hard it is to maintain that mindset when I get on the road and someone cuts me off. <laughs> I don't always think there's another sinner that Christ died for. <laughs> so we all, got, we all have the spirit. spirit's need to work in our lives in this way. All right. What is the actual message of the ambassador? We haven't even gotten to that yet. Let me wrap this up real quick. What is the message of the ambassador? This is so glorious, guys. Verse 19. God overlooks the world's sin. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins or their trespasses against them. Not counting. That's the word I want to focus on, not counting. In Greek, it's "me logizomai. Doesn't that sound impressive when I can say it in Greek? But it really is important. It's the sort of term that was used in accounting practices, and the idea is that it was the overlooking of a debt. The overlooking of a debt. And so God in Christ overlooks the debt that humanity owes him because of their sin. You can find language, this same term, not counting our sins or overlooking in Romans 3.25, in Acts chapter 17, verse 30. It's all over the New Testament. Ah, but here's the question. How can God not count our sins against us if he is actually just? Doesn't he cease being truly just if he doesn't count our sins against us? That's what we deserve. Ah, Go to verse 21 and you'll find out how God can make this possible. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Folks, that is the Gospel. That is the message of our ambassadorship. This is the good news. My sin for His righteousness. Jesus Christ, completely man and completely God, perfect in every way, receives my debt, my sin, and is punished for it on the cross. In exchange, we are given his perfect righteousness. And in doing this, God's perfect justice is satisfied. We are seen as completely and utterly righteous, as if we're the ones who never knew any sin, as if we are a new creation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8 says. Therefore, God can indeed declare that we are now reconciled to him. Everything's, everything that is Christ is given to us. Eternal life, hope, joy, peace, assurance, victory, you name it, we've got it. The reconciliation that we have been given thus results in a totally new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Again, all of this is from God. All of this is God's doing. This is a one-sided reconciliation on God's behalf because he knew we wouldn't meet him halfway. This isn't a peace treaty where he's waiting for us to sign on the dotted line. He has just taken all of it himself through his son, Jesus Christ, and declared it to be so. He's declared it to be so. We are at peace with him. Doesn't matter how you feel. It's an objective fact. You have been reconciled. You are a new creation. Enjoy it. A.B. Simpson said, the gospel tells rebellious men, that God is reconciled, that justice is satisfied, that sin has been atoned for, that the judgment of the guilty may be revoked, the condemnation of the sinner canceled, the curse of the law blotted out, the gates of hell closed, the portals of heaven open wide, the power of sin subdued, the guilty conscience healed, the broken heart comforted, the sorrow and misery of the fall undone. And that is the message that we ambassadors get to proclaim to the world around us that is the message and if we stick to that you'll be pretty amazed at how god is able to change and entirely renew the lives of people around us all right gang that's it for this week um my fellow ambassadors i'll see you uh next tuesday i won't be able to bring the devotion to you because i will be in uh san diego Suffering for the Lord at the Here We Still Stand Conference. (laughs) Um, But the following week, I will be back with you on Tuesday. Hope you have a great rest of the week. God bless you.